and welcome listeners to episode 8 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast that talks about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, aka True Mr. Six, and with me today I have... Andy, aka Frankendice. <laughs> How very topical. Frankendice. Yes, it's Halloween tomorrow, in fact. Or Halloween tomorrow when our listeners listen to this on its release day, which is on Monday. We're actually recording a few days in advance of that, of course. A little known fact for all the listeners out there about Andy, actually. Andy once spent a summer on a scientific expedition in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. And while he was there, he lived with a long-lost tribe and, amongst other things, found some very new joys in the freedom of loincloth wearing. Do love a good loincloth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, it's not the loincloth, I think, mate. I think it's about the breeze. <laughs> breeze? Yeah, the light breeze. <laughs> Terrible sunburn I had for those 17 years I was out there. Well, you know, that, that's that's what happens when you haven't got a boots around the corner to get some sunscreening. Oh, there's boots. And a Tesco's. It's very civilised. <laughs> and a McDonald's. <laughs> and a Starbucks. <laughs> They've caught up with the global economy, clearly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah welcome <laughs> listeners. <laughs> welcome listeners we've got quite a packed little episode for you this week with lots of bits and bats going on and to get us out the gate as always we'll start with the question what have you been up to what have you been playing there andy oh dice masters related been playing some more of the so bad it could be good team trying to iron out the wrinkles and get things ready for a few weeks time when we'll be heading off for wkos uh, yeah not Southampton. far away a mere few weeks away from some competitive action there so very excited about that other than that non-dice masters related got a copy of legends of the five rings managed half a game of that before we got kicked out of the coffee shop for it closing so still <laughs> willing to try that out a little bit more get a full game in see how that is it's a beautiful beautiful game really nice artwork on the cards it's a joy to play and some um, fantasy realms funnily enough oh games yeah of that yeah, I keep meaning to pick up a copy of that, actually, since you've recommended it numerous times to me now, actually. Numerous times. Uh, very, very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Okay, cool. So, so bad it could bad? be good. We'll come back to that for you in a minute. Yeah, uh, me. So, what have I been playing? So, Dice Masters, as always. We've had WKO practice, really. We've just been doing the Bring Your Best Nights. Although, we did, this week, play Weenie Wars for a bit of a break from... Uh, from the the kind of top tier competitive stuff which is no card on your team is allowed higher than a cost of three so how'd you go uh, i did all right i played kind of flying sidekick sort of thing it was golden so i had the falcon there uh i did okay i got a little scuppered by the kiln card that's uh, Mm. a, a cheeky one to throw into a weenie wars tournament especially when you're a player like me who goes oh it's weenie wars i won't need much ramp (laughs) (laughs) and then i had a very close match and i just got taken out right the last minute against a kind of when fielded firefly thing going on so i did all right but not as great as i would have liked to have done i should have taken my knobby danger room list and then non-dice masters related more beastie bar actually my little girl has taken to beastie bar quite a bit so that's that's come back around again and by the time this episode goes up i'll have completed in a star wars lcg regional very nice Um, good luck that's happening tomorrow night oh i'm gonna need it mate i haven't played for some weeks now i'm a a bit rusty with my teams and i'm of 100 games chris I also should be uh, 
tweaking and tinkering with those teams, but I'm actually sat on Skype recording a podcast <laughs> with you. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But I think it's going to be a relatively small group. One of our regular listeners, Ted, will be there. So hello, Ted. Hi, Ted. Um, Ooh, right in the dice bag. <laughs> Ted uh, undoubtedly will, will beat me two games to nothing tomorrow night. But it, it, I think it will probably just be the locals, and we're quite a small unit, around six players or so. So it'll be fun, it'll be banterish, it'll be nice and relaxed. But it won't be the sort of environment where I'll mind losing, knowing how underprepared I am. Yeah. <laughs> Is there good prizes for regionals for Star Wars? Yeah, so they do alt art cards quite often. The boxes that I mentioned in our... Um, gearing up. Gearing up. Yeah, the boxes, uh, they're always quite useful. They usually do acrylic tokens, play mats, things like that. It is a bit more of a challenge, I think, with the LCG format to find prizes. Hmm. I am reaching the point where you know I've got two or three play mats and uh, quite a few boxes and acrylic tokens that I don't really use now. But the cost of entry is quite low also, so... It's no big deal. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with my gaming week. So let's go back to this so bad it could be good situation. So in last week's episode, for anyone who's not heard it yet, Andy, you asked if you could rejig around the so bad it could be good team that we built in the Rip Thunderstone episode. We threw it out to listeners to ask them what their thoughts on the subject might be. And I think there's been a few people comment on the blog post, hasn't there? We have had a few comments. And overall, I get to change my cards. Woohoo! Now, are you sure about this? Because there was a couple of suspicious comments to my mind. To begin with, the fact that Rip Thunderstone himself had commented in the affirmative to allow you to change your cards, I felt was a little suspicious. Also, was there not a number of caveats that people had made? I didn't get that far. I just said, yes, Andy could change his cards, and I just put a tick next to it. Right. Right, okay. So we're not going to be seeing a Flash Crisis on Infinite Earths and Squirrel Girl on your team then? Unfortunately, Michael Ryder, I'm not putting Flash Crisis on Infinite Earths in. It's a seven-cost horror. I did think about putting Squirrel Girl in, but decided that I hate that card. I've burnt all of my copies after Ben beat me with <laughs> with it, so uh, it's, it's, it's something I can't do, I'm afraid. Well, there we are then. The public has spoken. <laughs> Andy's interpretation of your comments is that he can change his cards, so OP Iron Fist and Clay Gollum are now a part of the So Bad It Could Be Good team, which will be playing at the Southampton WKO in just about two weeks, is it? Two weeks? Uh, yeah, I think it's in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, it should be exciting. Although yeah. now, according to Matt J, it's got to be so bad it could be good, but it's now a little bit better because Andy changed some cards. <laughs> just rolls off the tongue it does it's like it's very punchy catchy i like it yeah, yeah. It's, it's got all the all the classic markings of a great marketing message <laughs> <laughs> okay great so that's going ahead thank you everyone who went to the britroller6.com page and added your comments there but we also ran a competition last week didn't we we did indeed to make penance for my error if you haven't worked out already, the error that I made was after naming the round World's Blankest, I then went on to describe four cards from the Green Arrow and the Flash set. I don't know how I did it. Well, I know how I did it. I got the two in a binder and I flicked through too far and then just took the cards out of that. But my apologies, <laughs> it's not something that I, uh, I should have done as UK National Dice Master Champion 2017. 
No, it, it also vindicates Kev because I think he comments to say World's Finest is my favourite set. I don't know how I'm getting all these wrong. <laughs> because I'd stuffed it up, that's how. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It turns out World's Finest is still your favourite set, Kev. You're getting it wrong because they were from Green Arrow and The Flash. So thank you so much for all those who've sent your entries in. I have gone, I know that a lot of people when they run these competitions like to use some sort of online uh, random selector type thing and fire all the names in. I saw DM Armada using one that was a, a spinning uh, roulette wheel type thing. I have, in fact, in true Northern English style, taken my flat cap, my Kangol flat cap, the wool one, because it's getting a bit nippy. I have written all the names of the entrants down on a little piece of paper, dropped them into the hat. I've taken some photos and I'll put them on the blog post <laughs> so you can you can see this journey. And I'm just going to kick it old school in the selection, if that's okay with you, Andy. That's absolutely fine. Let's do it. Let's see so, who's won. Yeah, I've got the hat in my hand now. I'm just um, just jumbling them all up. And let's just go for that one there. And we have... Uh, it's TJ. Hey! There we go. Tremendous. Okay, congratulations, well... Congratulations, Yeah, congratulations, TJ, who I might be seeing at the Manchester WKO, actually. Tip me the wink, he might be coming down, which would be a pleasure to see him. However, TJ, if you want to get in touch, I'll... Uh, not with me, with Andy, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, drop me a line. I'll, uh, I'll um, take your address and, and get that up to you. So you can use that. Well, you can't use it because it's not modern, is it? But I'm sure it'll be a, a prized part of your collection. It will indeed. Right, let's just uh, take a quick picture of the winning slip. There it is. Right, there we go. I've got that ready for the little photo a journal of it on the blog. Excellent. There we go. Uh, so in other news, talking about our activity, our gaming over the last two weeks... X-Men First Class came out at the same time as the rest of the world. Woohoo! I couldn't believe it. I was stunned to see when my pre-order email came through saying that it was going to be ready for collection last week. Uh, in fact, I think I may have even had mine in hand for some of our friends over the other side of the water. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I was stunned to the spot. I can only imagine, Andy, that... Uh, an organisation like WizKids is paying such close attention to my admittedly frequent <laughs> comments and, and, and challenges with regards to release dates, and they decided to do something about it. And they must have had an armoured carrier passing through the, the dangerous pirate-ridden straits or something. Well, it's a funny you should mention that, because not a lot of people know that not only is the Ministry of Dice an amazing Dice Masters-related podcast... But we also do act as part of the Secret Service. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, true story. Absolutely. True. Yeah. But we shouldn't we shouldn't say any more at this stage. We are, however, very pleased to have that set in hand at the same time as the rest of the world. I was really pleased to be kind of in the mix on all the good news stories and people sharing their pulls. It was nice to be a part of the buzz for a change. So I really enjoyed that. And I'm grateful. And thank you to WizKids for getting that over to us in an expedient fashion. So well done. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. We've got a draft at my FLGS planned. Uh, Not next week because it's it's Halloween. We usually play on a Tuesday night. It's going to be Halloween next Tuesday. So uh, we're playing a draft down uh, elements on the i think it's the seventh uh, tuesday the seventh and i'm really looking forward to that too so thank awesome. you very much wish kids yeah x-men first class in the uk Woohoo! 
Right, what have we got coming up in this episode then? Let's have a think. Start moving on to some of the segments. So, be warned, listeners, there is a section, a lengthier section, that uh, I think, in hindsight, I can only call a salty rant about Shriek by me. <laughs> that's that's the only way I can talk about that. So, take that one with the pinch of salt. I think that, that is intended. I'd had a rough time against that car. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little bit more than a pinch of salt in that conversation we had. Yeah, okay, well, we'll let the listeners decide. But yeah, a bit of a salty rant. But it root through all the emotional baggage that's attached to it. And when you find the facts at the heart of it, I think you'll see that I have some very interesting arguments and comments about that card. At least I hope so. But feel free to go to the BritRoller6.com website and tell me to shut up if, if that's the case. We've got our first advice section we've had uh, thank you very much for those who've been sending the agony art letters in and we've got our first agony art response there to offer some guidance and advice to one of our good listeners who sent something in we've got a pick of the week there's a card we fancied talking about we've got a little section for some of the newer players that have been listening which is the noobs buyers guide and that's in response to a request from someone on the blog and we have also got some amateur dramatics from my man andy there <laughs> which which i hope you'll enjoy do enjoy i feel like i need to point out this was a solo venture <laughs> no no chris told me to do it <laughs> <laughs> no comment but to get us out the gate we'll wrap the intro up there our next segment is going to be a community focus and we're going to talk about the recent games workshop WizKids announcement so <laughs> on to the next segment if you're ready my man let's do it Hi folks, Chris here, just hopping on to give you a quick preface on the section that's about to follow. The segment that you're about to listen to was on the subject of the WizKids Games Workshop partnership agreement that was announced earlier on in the week. And we recorded this before the Essenspiel convention took place over in Germany this weekend, where Justin Ziran did an interview, which was published on YouTube late Friday night, confirming that in fact the partnership was going to include a Warhammer 40,000 version of Dice Masters and heard a little bit more information then coming through on Saturday about it being a standalone set somewhat akin to the Turtles box sets um, and it was all confirmed so all the speculation that takes place in the segment that follows is now pretty much pointless because it's all been confirmed however we are unable to re-record the segment because Andy is away this weekend he's in a cottage with a group of other men doing what Andy does in cottages with groups of other men so I've just hopped on to give you a quick preface and we've chosen to include the segment because we felt like it was a fun segment nonetheless so i hope you enjoy but please bear in mind that the warhammer 40,000 dice masters set has been confirmed thanks very much enjoy tfc 007 agent tfc 007 this is aka snake doctor do you read me yes sir loud and clear have you done it have you done it have you put the bug into WizKids hq sir the cuckoo is in the nest We'll patch us in, let's have a listen. Okay guys, next on the agenda, Dice Masters. Anyone heard the Ministry of Dice podcast? I know, those guys are amazing. They are so awesome. Okay, so when can we get historical Dice Masters off the ground? Okay, okay, keep me in the loop, guys, okay? Yeah, I know, I love that podcast too, but oh my god, that Chris? Will he ever shut up about our delays in the release in the UK? That guy knows nothing about international logistics, man. It's those damn pirates. Anyway, what we need to do is we need to get the next set released the same time as the US. Never say impossible. We can do it. I don't care. Whatever it takes. Oh my god, did you hear that, TFC007? Did you hear that? How cool is that, mate? I've got to go and tell Chris. Hello? Hello? 
How the bloody hell am I going to get home? What a bloody moron. This is London calling. Here is the news. Well, welcome back, listeners. A bit of unusual interference there. We have, uh, yeah, solo venture, solo venture. <laughs> you made me do it. I think the only thing I can say following that, folks, is just say no. <laughs> <laughs> so the Games Workshop announcement, that's the community focus. That's the big news of the week. I saw it getting shared on one of the Facebook pages. The Games Workshop and WizKids are coming together in a partnership around Warhammer 40k specifically, in fact, which I know you're a big fan of the Games Workshop 40k system, aren't you, Andy? I do love it. Played it for a number of years. Less so much now that Dice Masters is in my veins. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, going back a good 10 years worth of, of building and painting and playing minis. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I've done my turn on... Uh, I played a little Necromunda in my youth. I'm not so much of a tabletop modeler now but it's certainly a very well-known brand which can only mean good things for whiz kids there with the potential to kind of increase the customer base but there was two sentences in the press release that they put out that we thought was of particular interest and i think was noticed by dice masters community because i saw some speculation floating around uh, wasn't there my man yes will we be getting 40k ip dice masters that is the question that is the everyone's question. lips yeah i actually tweeted them saying you know what's the word on this come on is it going to be dice masters or not which got a few likes but no reply from WizKids themselves holding the cards close to their chest uh, or their dice close to their wrists i don't know mm-hmm. but it does reference it says um uh, WizKids will create two new board games, all right, sure, whatever, uh, along with dice games based in the Warhammer 40,000 universe. So not a specific reference to Dice Masters, but a lot of people seem to think that that might be indicating we could be seeing, as you say, Warhammer 40k IP and Dice Masters. And then in the About WizKids section of the press release, I also noticed that it references the groundbreaking dice-building game engine used in the critically acclaimed game Quarriers and Dice Masters. So there's your specific Dice Masters reference in there, which is also very interesting. Yeah, they'd be crazy not to, surely. Well, you know, so we've been talking, Andy, haven't we? And one of the risks we think may, may be on the horizon here is that they reference both Quarriers and Dice Masters. So could it be a standalone game built around the same engine, as they as they describe, dice-building game engine, that's actually not compatible with Dice Masters because of some subtle differences, just as Quarriers is not compatible with Dice Masters? Yeah, but why would you do that? Well, I don't know. I, I suppose uh, we don't know. We're not privy to the small print on the agreement that's being made by these two companies, are we? Well, if we can't do a podcast and just make wild assumptions, then what are we supposed to do? <laughs> uh, sure. This is yeah, absolutely. So, War, right, folks, Warhammer 40k Dice Masters IP coming. It's going to arrive in April next year. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> No, but to think of how many people that is going to draw into the game, you think of how many people are into 40k. I mean, GW is a massive, massive brand, and all the 40k players that I know love custom dice. So it's just, it's, it could just work to so well and bring loads and loads of people into playing Dice Masters. 
it's got to be a win-win. Yeah, absolutely it could. I agree with you. I'm, I'm not much of a 40k fan myself. However, my local gaming store does have a big 40k scene in there. And this will be a route to turning a few heads and helping us attract some new players over to the Dice Masters game. My concern or my worry is, going back to this, uh, uh, my earlier notes about the small print, is that Games Workshop might not be very keen on the mixing of IPs and therefore wouldn't like to have Dungeons and Dragons specifically but also the superhero stuff mixed with their brand yeah I mean things I'd have thought the same out of with Marvel and DC as you don't often see those two IPs mixed in together uh you probably are you not much of a comic book reader Andy have I just said something stupid yeah Marvel versus DC crossovers is like a thing I think Google it, you'll see this. <laughs> it's happened a number of times in the history of both the companies. <laughs> well, we, can, we can edit that out. You don't want me sounding stupid. No, I'm just going to leave it in. <laughs> well, well, what was I saying? Well, yeah, because Marvel and DC, they do like to mix it in. So uh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but would, would they not? Would they not want space marines to be linked in with what arguably is more famous the likes of superman and iron man i want want to see space marines come up against the avengers that to me is a dream come true sure yeah absolutely i think there's a lot uh, looking at the comments that i saw floating around on facebook and on twitter uh, is definitely a popular idea let's keep our fingers crossed that that's the direction that these two companies choose to take it in i think it would be a good thing for dice masters and I think it'd also be a good thing for Games Workshop to take advantage of what WizKids can offer in that space. Because for all our complaints about clarity of game text and blah, 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 Dice Masters is a tremendous game. We all know that. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you thought different. There you go. So, yeah, there you go. Next April. Yeah, that next April, 40k Dice Masters. Yeah, absolutely. Mark our words now. Neither of us live near Nottingham nor know anyone who works for Games Workshop. However, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and if you believe that you believe anything mm, absolutely historical dice masters yeah come in 2019 yep yep we're on it we've had the call all right then mate so yeah great news let's see how that pans out over the coming weeks and months maybe there'll be an announcement at essen which i'm hoping my inside man might get us the track on so we'll wrap that up there and move on to our next segment yeah now time to listen to some chris's salt <laughs> <laughs> Chris, we need to have a chat about that message you sent me the other night. <laughs> Which message? I send you a lot of messages. Which message are you talking about? <laughs> the one about your top five most hated cards. <laughs> yeah, I wondered if you were going to bring this up. Yeah, so I was playing. I was uh, well. It was Tuesday night, wasn't it? I was down. Yeah. I was down Element Games playing, and the, the, my top five most hated cards has shifted definitely. <laughs> Yeah. yeah the bar has been knocked off the top spot it most certainly has yeah shall i give the listeners the breakdown of your top five uh yeah go on shall i put edit the music in behind you as well while you do it <laughs> go on then yeah okay <laughs> right, i'll go from five to one just sure. give it a bit more excitement so number five you originally did say elf thief after a little discussion, we changed it to Guy Gardner. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, number four, Oracle. <laughs> I'm guessing that's the global tax one. 
Yeah, although you can, uh, broadly speaking, you can add the one that adds to fielding costs as well. Yeah, yeah. Three, the beautiful PXG. <laughs> I'm so predictable. <laughs> Two, Bard. Yeah. Which means at Here we the top go. spot, <laughs> Shriek. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I hate this card. This is the worst thing to happen to Dice Masters <laughs> since they... <laughs> Since they banned the Bard. That's, why, a contra- why, that's a controversial statement, isn't it? Yeah, why are you saying that? Well, okay, here we go. This is clearly going to be a patented Chris <laughs> tangent stroke rant right now. <laughs> yeah, I was playing down my local. Uh, we were just doing a casual three-rounder. We've been doing modern constructed, what, what we generally call bring your best, which we often do in this period just before WKOs, when everyone's sort of warming up to the more competitive events. And there were six players there on Tuesday night, and out of the six, five of them had Shriek on their team, and one one person didn't. Who was that? <laughs> that was me, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have Shriek on my team. And there was a point in the night where I was getting a bit salty about Shriek, I'll happily admit it. And one of our regular players, Duncan, who will be pleased to hear his name mentioned on the podcast. Hi, Duncan. Uh, hi, Duncan. Yeah, he said, put your hand up if you've bought Shriek in your first turn. And all five of them put their hand up. They bought Shriek in their first turn. And I just had a really rough time of it with that card. She's not healthy for the game at all. <laughs> uh, shall I give my reasons why I think she's not healthy for the game? Please, please Outs- do give outside, us a breakdown. Outside of the fact that she just did my nutty in one night, that's not really much of a reason, is it? So uh, the first thing is, this I've taken to calling it the, the tit-for-tat blanking game. There's a mini-game now that's going on that distracts away from the main game that I find a little frustrating to play. And that is the, the first turn Shriek purchase. So what people are largely doing now is they're then buying their own Shriek to blank your opponent's Shriek. Then, in response to that, a cold gun is getting bought to shoot the Shriek, so your Shriek comes back into play. There's Kryptonites, there's Dwarf Wizards, and I'm, I'm seeing people, I don't know whether this, whether this is my local meta or not, filling up, up to half the team, you know, anywhere between two and four of their cards, in the high-control blanking world of things. Well, that is quite a lot of your team to be uh, focusing on blanking. Yeah, exactly, and what's happening then is... Uh, we're spending our time doing this tit-for-tat blanking mini-game, and whoever kind of comes just strikes that bit of advantage in the tit-for-tat mini-game can then turn their attention to getting their ramp going, sorting their win condition out. Do you know what I mean? It's like you spend three or four turns just going back and forth. And then one of the guys I play with called James... I said to him, this, was, this wasn't last week, this was the week before, in fact. I said to him, why didn't you buy a Shriek? They said, oh, I just, I haven't bothered all night long because as soon as I bought my Shriek, everyone else bought their Shriek. And <laughs> <laughs> so he actually actively didn't buy a Shriek in his game with me, even though it would be advantageous to him because I'm not playing Shriek. Because he was just like, oh, well, it's, you know, the, I don't want to get into that mini game, that tip-for-tap mini game. So there's there's that going on, which which is fine, I suppose, to some degree, because things like that will happen. The Vicious Struggle minigame was a thing, wasn't it, last year? But mm. the other thing about Shriek that I'm finding incredibly frustrating, and the reason why she is this first-turn purchase that I'm seeing guys in my local meta um, going for, is you don't have to do any work for that card at all compared to the impact she can have. And And to explain what I mean... All you have to do 
is buy a three cost bolt character and that's it there's no conditions to meet there's no i mean obviously there's cards that can prevent it from happening um like things that affect when fielded game techs and what have you but generally like dwarf wizard you need your opponent to have the dice in the field that you want to blank yes so so you have to work for it there's something about the timing and there's something do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, I, would, I think what we need to do then is work out ways around it. <sighs> well, yeah, but the, the only thing that there is, I suppose, at the minute is is, is just going for this sort of tit-for-tat control game. <laughs> it's, it's just this back and forth, which is very boring and frustrating for everyone involved, I think. But yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I've become fond of, uh, because another challenge that I've been finding with her is that stuff that counters Shriek quite well outside of the other blankers, like uh, Madame Mask, for example, or Wonder Woman that prevents when fielded game texts, mm. their cost is in excess of hers, so you can you get to them after your opponent's got to her. Right. Um, so what I've become pretty fond of is the cold gun, actually, because Shriek's defense is always going to be three or under, so you're always going to be able to cold gun her, is I've taken to fielding a Wonder Woman or a Madam Mask after Shriek has hit the field, blanking whatever, and then shooting her with a cold gun so that when she gets refielded from prep next turn, the when-fielded game text can't happen. That's a good plan. Well, what we need to do is find out a way of removing dice from the field, and there are a few ways of doing that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Were you thinking of something in particular? Trying to. Trying to. Well, like I say, I've been, you know, Cold Gun has been my go-to, really, to shoot her out the field. Because what you can guarantee with Cold Gun, like I said before, is that Shriek's defence is always going to be below it. The challenge you've got there is that Cold Gun, if you don't roll it on burst, which is a challenge that I sometimes come across, isn't going to be helpful for you when you're facing other blanking mechanics like Dwarf Wizard and the Thanos, the pick of the week Thanos. Who who are um, who have got big you know big beefy defences? So if you don't roll it on burst, you can't blank the game text, and you're certainly not going to be shooting them out the field with it. So what about something like uh, rare Batman that's going to come in and along with the other characters there be rerolled? Oh yeah, okay. So that's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I suppose you got the, the obviously the fifty fifty chance in that there. Mm. But broadly speaking, yeah. Oh, in fact, wasn't there a new storm in um, in, in X Men, which kind of harked back a little bit to in the X Men First Class set that's harked back to the old storm from AVX? Did I make that up in my head? I'm just gonna have a look now. Is that the new X Men set that was released at the same time as the in America? Yeah, baby. Woohoo! No, I've made it uh, up in my head. I don't know where I've got that from. Reroll target opposing die. If it's an energy phase, put it in the opponent's use pile. Otherwise, return it to the field zone on its original face. Yeah, so it is. It's three cost targeting, which might cause some problems if you've got something that's protecting their uh, their dice, but it does get to roll it. And if it's on an energy face, you get it to put it in their use pile, which is quite nice. Yeah, so I think uh, with Shriek and Dwarf Wizard being bolt characters, the, the your main risk there protecting targeting is uh, Raven. That's the most you know the most common commonly used that immediately springs to mind. So you wouldn't be challenged by that. So yeah, you could load up with something like uh, the the new Storm. I, I like the fact that it goes to use pile. Uh, she's a three cost herself, so she, you can react with her very quickly. You know, um, in in just one standard four dice round you can get storm purchased and rip onto dover to get help you out in a pinch can't you 
you uh, can. I'm not a fan. I have to admit, I'm not a fan of AVX Storm, Batman, that Storm abilities, uh, just because they're not guaranteed consistency. It is still a 50-50 chance. Yeah, but it, it may well be, you know, your best option in a in a pinch. There's, you, I suppose, you've got the new version of Polymorph, which is mutation. That's a good one. As long as they've got something in the use pile, you can just switch it out. Yeah, that's a risk, of course, for you to take as a basic action, uh, because your opponent may cotton onto that strategy also and make good use of it themselves. But it certainly, it certainly can go on the list. It's uh, uh, yeah, if they've bought a well, if they got a shriek, shriek out and they're um, looking to get Dwarf Wizard out next, then you can use that to switch the Dwarf Wizard in. He's not going to be able to have his fielded ability, and it's going to leave Shriek to come through the bag again. Yeah, and that could very well buy you the the turn or two that you may need to get your own win condition up and running. Or a way to to stop her from triggering off, like Wonder Woman or a Madam Mask. Yes. Is it Madam Mask or Madam Web? Madam Mask, yeah. Madam, Madam Web's the attack one, isn't it? The the new, the kind of the new Spider-Man on the scene. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, blanking. Don't do it. Yeah, blanking. <laughs> just don't do it. Don't bring blanking to the WKO because it makes Chris salty. And nobody likes a salty true Mr. Six. That's just, you know, just not a good thing. true. <laughs> it's not a good thing at all. I mean, I've been bantering about it. It's not, it's not legitimate salt, but I am a little bit concerned that the card is going to be just overwhelmingly prevalent in the new meta. And, and it's everything. It just It's so versatile. It can run interference on your win condition. It can run interference on your ramp. It can run interference on your your own protective me- measures. She's just ready to go, you know. And, and the other thing as well is that, just to reignite <laughs> this conversation, <laughs> is you might well say, well, okay, you know, the answer here is perhaps two win conditions. I'd say that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, but as soon as you start talking to win conditions, you're then starting to limit the your kind of back office function, your support cards, I- increasingly, that are going to make you, your win conditions stronger. You know what I mean? So, for example, you might be concerned that your aggro gorilla grod list is going to be at risk from, say, blink transmutation. Hmm. So you're going to want a something like a Madam, uh, Madam Mask or Wonder Woman, funnily enough, again, to that stop your characters from being targeted by globals in there to protect your win condition and make sure that it's rock solid in that way. So we're already we've already got I don't know whatever Wongs or Guy Gardeners. That's one card slot. We've got the Gorilla Grod themselves. You need Ramp to get up to the Gorilla Grod. So now we've got a Rip Hunter's Chalkboard or Energy Fixers and maybe Swarm in the mix. And we've then got the Madam Mask or the Wonder Woman that we need to protect that win condition. I'm now up to four or five cards in my team. And I've got three slots to find another win condition to back that up with, as well as uh, fill it up with some other stronger cards that will help me run interference on my opponent's win condition. I don't know. I think maybe my head just in this team building at the moment is just spun out, and it's spun out by the arrival of Shriek. It's certainly a conundrum. It is a conundrum, and not one that I have the power to know the answer to. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing how the WKOs pan out You know, next month to see how people have gone about handling that and what, what interesting ideas are being generated, uh, and, and events like the Virtual Worlds to, to get a sense for what brighter minds than ours have, have produced in response to this, this new meta card. 
yeah well i'll throw it out to the listeners if you have thoughts on this if you've got ideas on how to counteract shriek then let us know definitely be interested in hearing that coming into the wkos if we can pick your brains to help against it then um that'll be fantastic and then if you give good enough suggestions then we'll bring this up next time and and feature it again yeah for sure and hopefully people found some you in that conversation outside of just listening to chris have a nice salty rant (laughs) oh well it's always nice to hear a salty rant (laughs) (laughs) ready willing and able my man all right yeah we'll wrap it up there then thanks for sitting silently while i rambled on there randy always a pleasure on to the next segment (laughs) (laughs) welcome back listeners so this section now we'd like to bring back the pick of the week segment and talk about a card that has caught our eye or we think is particularly hot topic or maybe an unsung hero that's going a little bit unnoticed and more excitingly we get to listen to the jingle again. (laughs) Yes, the jingle. Do we have to use the jingle? We have to because your kids love it. They do. They do. They do, actually. So they overheard me editing the episode and I played it a few times over while I was going over the stuff. Uh, and they've taken to mimicking it. So randomly, my son, the other day, he's playing on the floor and he's just singing to himself. And I heard him go, you know, pick of the week <laughs> to himself. So, in fact, what did I do, Andy? I filmed it. <laughs> the two of them singing it and sent it to you, didn't I? Yeah. 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 Some say it's the best thing that we've done. Uh, uh, okay, uh, whatever. So I will include it because my children like it, but I think I'll point out right now, Andy, that they are four and six years old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on to the pick of the week then. Pick of the week! Our pick of the week in this week's episode is the Guardians of the Galaxy set's Uncommon Thanos, which is called Throwing Down the Gauntlets. Do you want to do your reserve pool card read through there, Andy? Be my pleasure. So we have got Thanos throwing down the gauntlet. He is a seven cost mask with the villain affiliation. His text reads like this. When fielded, name an opposing character, replacing all previous choices. While Thanos is active, the named character cannot be fielded. While Thanos is active, when the named character die is put into the use pile, Thanos deals your opponent four damage. And his stats are 157, 278 and 399. Oh, that's a beast, isn't it? It's a beast. It's a beast of a cost as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the high cost is possibly the reason why some would not want to look at this card. But the reason I've I've brought it to the table as, as the, my pick of the week is because for a number of weeks now down at my local gaming centre, I have been brutally punished by this guy. My man Duncan has taken quite a shine to it. And I've got to tell you, being on the receiving end of this card in the right circumstances can be horrifying. And I think he's actually got a massive amount of potential yeah i suppose if you, you're coming against teams where you're relying on multiples of one character you get well it's going to do do some big big damage yes so in fact uh, it's interesting you should say that andy because one of the more terrifying experiences i had of playing against this card was when i was using my multiple man team <laughs> and through a series of events with between kind of the tip for tat stuff going on with shrieks and cold guns and whatever my man duncan managed to get that thanos out and tag my multiple man with him while there were six 
<laughs> rattling around and i was terrified now i managed to kind of mitigate it a little bit with a ronin that was on my team but every turn when i was pulling dice out my bag i was just frightened you know that there was going to be two three four the damage potential on this guy is it's a game winner it absolutely is a game winner and i know that people they talk about the seven cost card it's got to be a game winner it's got to be game changer for you and i think he is i think he absolutely is he's got massive beefy stats you know he's, you're not moving him anywhere anytime soon trust me mm. i've tried he locks down a character, which in itself is a powerful ability. But then to have that added damage capability in there as well, it's just it's just something else. And I'm finding that ramping up to that seven for him is not as difficult as you might think. Yeah, I suppose if, you, if you get to me, you're unlikely to be getting multiples, I suppose. So you're not going to be kind of refilled in to change the, the character unless you can knock him out with some kind of fabrication or something. Sure. But yeah, he's, he's good. He's big, he's bad, and he's purple. <laughs> he is. He's big, he's bad, and he's purple. And we like big purple things. He, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, between Rip Hunter's chalkboard and an energy-fixing global uh, that we've been playing around with it a lot, and we've been getting up to the seven. I even dropped him into Parademon team that uh, people who've been playing me lately will know I've been tinkering around with. Uh, I even dropped him in as a kind of second win condition, you know, a res- a, like a backup reserve win condition, and, and found myself using him. And he just, uh, yeah, I don't know, there's just a, that seven cost and that fielding cost. I can see putting people off him, but that game text is enormously powerful in my opinion. Yeah, he's good. And I don't think he's going to be that expected in, in any big tournament. So, so yeah, he's good, definitely. Yeah, there we go. So, it sounds like we're in agreement on this one. Uncommon Thanos from the Guardians of the Galaxy set, throwing down the gauntlets, is the Ministry of Dice Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week! Welcome back, listeners. So, this next segment now, we'd like to take a look at our Agony Aunt section. So for a few episodes now, we've been asking for listeners to send in their Dice Masters worries, their Dice Masters woes to put across Agony Aunt Andy and Agony Uncle Chris to offer our advice, guidance and support for those troubles that may be affecting your ability to be the Dice Masters success that you are looking to be. Or even outside of Dice Masters, you know, we we, we can help on many levels because we're clearly both very worldly, erudite intelligent individuals who are well positioned to offer our advice thank you so very much for the people who sent some in we've started looking at them and today we'd like to do the first one are you ready andy have you got your best advice cap on oh absolutely i'm uh, ready to help the world sure would you like me to read the uh, one of the letters that we've received there andy um, yeah hit me with it. so yeah this came in by electronic mail to brit roller six towers and uh, this is from mr trellis in north wales and mr trellis writes dear chris and andy i am a competitive dad is it okay to teach my children important life skills by only giving them blank ability vixen ghost rider iceman cards plus super rare rem of frost (laughs) while i totally battle them with ultraman and lantern ring teams Due to a recent court order, I only see my kids on alternate weekends. Your advice would be greatly appreciated. And then signed, Mr. Trellis. Yeah. So here we go then, Andy. We've got a dad here. He's a competitive dad. He's been using Dice Masters, by the sounds of it, to, well, is he using it to teach his child important life lessons? Or is there something else going on here? Well, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a competitive dad. I take my boy Ozzy to play football and I will often slide tackle him down in order to get the ball back and i think he's doing the same here with dice masters 
Yeah, sounds reasonable um, to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's definite life lessons that he's teaching his kids. I wonder what the ages are, because certainly the, the lessons they are going to learn is that, other than the fact that they'll hate Dice Masters, you know, he'll be setting them up if they're battling against some top-tier teams with some so bad they could be good teams. Well, yeah, uh, so I've got to take... Uh, I mean, I, I agree, and I, I think, you know, these types of life lessons, I, I hope the these children are that this dad's playing with are of a young age, because I think you have to start this kind of... these life lessons early. And I think you can't start annihilating your child and taking your championship lap around the house with the tears of your defeated child enemy too soon really <laughs> these are things that they to prepare them for the big bad world outside however i do take issue with the fact that vixen's on this list of, of subpar cards oh no not this again <laughs> <laughs> bobbins it is it, it's it's due a comeback Stuart, come back. Just you wait and see. One, one of these yet-to-be-known X-Men First Class cards is going to be the new Vixen, and we're all going to want to play it. I'm certain of it. So, yeah, I, don't, I think it's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure about Lantern Ring teams, just because I'm not sure about Lantern Ring teams. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that this letter, it, it, it reminds me, and I don't know why, it reminds me of, of Paul Forward that you play with regularly. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he, he plays with his son. And I wonder if he did this for this one, because his son is by far a superior Dice Masters player than him. Uh, that's true. Yes, that is true. He's also a walking, talking encyclopedia of Dice Masters game text. It's quite incredible. He's very useful to have around. But yeah, you're right. I do play with a father and son combination. But I think the dynamic might be the other way around there. That, uh, <laughs> that Seth is a, a competitive son, finds it acceptable to <laughs> to continually batter his father with, with interesting teams. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I know a couple of father and son combinations that <laughs> that play a few games. One yeah, of which is enormously but... annoying, but there we go. Come on, mate. <laughs> Uh, so I've, I've played against Seth at Nationals 2016, where he took me down a peg or two and uh, and beat me in the round that I played against him there. I also played against Isaac's son in in Worlds, which I went to, if you didn't know, who also took me down um, far easier than I would have liked. Uh, so <laughs> do not underestimate the kids. Any reason that you can get an upper hand over the the younger and and, and brighter future is is one definitely to take so I, I i don't think that mr trellis has a problem no i don't think so too no mercy absolutely i think these are important life lessons that these children need to learn uh, mr trellis you you keep this up you are preparing them for a great future they will defeat all who come before them <laughs> in wkos even uk national champions and it will also and it will also go too far. <laughs> and it will also prepare them for some of the blows that life can bring. So yeah, you you continue to uh, batter your son with Ultraman and Lantern Ring teams. And might I suggest you throw in a bit of Grod there, maybe you know, yeah, a bit of bit of Firefly and Nobby for good measure. Let's you know, let, let's not just limit yourself to, to those two teams. So, Andy, I don't know if you noticed, one of our regular listeners, Ted Lee, made a request on the comments on the Brit Roller 6 blog. For... Oh, OK, OK. I'll do it. Ooh, right in the dice bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll appreciate that. Yeah, but he, he dropped it in the comments. Uh, Ted is a, well, uh, not even a new player. He's just on, he's, he's expressed an interest and he's looking to get into the game. And he asked if we would 
do a little section talking about kind of where to get started, uh, a noob's guide to purchasing, I suppose. Uh, and the thing that particularly caught his ear was in one of our very earlier episodes, we talked about starter teams. Uh, and one of the starter teams we kind of touched on was the Turtles, and we mentioned about the Turtles box sets and stuff. So for this next segment, I thought that let's give Teddy and other potential new players out there a bit of a view on what the Ministry of Dice think is a good way of getting your collection started. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of cards out there now, so let's help him make the right choices. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, the first thing that springs to my mind is it, it depends where you're planning on playing. And I think that you have to ask a question if you're playing at a, you know, a gaming center or a local, friendly local gaming store as to what type of things are being played at that venue. Because you've got the golden modern question first, which may influence kind of how you go about purchasing and building up your collection. And also then the question of whether you want to play competitively or whether it's just for casual play because that that may also affect or influence so to start with the competitive side of things if if i was recommending to someone a way to get started with a reasonably competitive team right out the gate uh, i would focus my purchasing on uh, two starter sets and a team pack in particular and that would be the world finest starter the superman wonder woman starter and the new spider-man maximum carnage team pack that's that's where i'd go for and the reasons for that are firstly you're guaranteed a great set of cards in those sets um i could straight away think of you know world's finest would give you some the oracle straight away springs to mind your superman wonder woman set synergies well with world's finest because you've got jimmy olsen who operates as a good ramp card for superman cards Uh, and there's a particularly popular one in the world's finest starter set that works really well with jimmy olsen because he comes at a really cheap cost you've got wonder woman and then in your spider-man maximum carnage team pack you've got shriek uh, blanking card some of the spider-man cards uh, like uh, who's that multi-armed spider-man looking dude uh, doppelganger doppelganger you know with just some really interesting janky stuff to get you started and those starters have also got some half decent tried and tested basic actions in them like uh, resurrection for example end of days in the world's finest one just in case you come up against a beholder yeah yeah absolutely a bit yeah. of Val- valamud morgulis uh, there's there's cheeky little cheeky little gamers reference there for yeah. the thrones fans i don't know if that's still is that still a thing in second edition anyway we're talking about dice masters so yeah that's that's where i kind of point people to get a, a reasonably competitive team started but also equal to that i think they're fun you know they're fun to play around with there's good janky little combos to play around with and mess about with and they've got a nice synergy through the three of them uh, so that's where where i would stand i don't know if you'd agree andy yeah definitely they're all good sets also it gives you your, your sidekick dice because you'll need them to play yeah um and soon you'll be swimming in the things <laughs> the other set that i think that's good to buy or invest in is the second turtles the heroes in a half shell box because it's it's fun you can play it as an enclosed unit kind of the turtles against the villains uh, you also get uh, like you said the basic actions you get a lot of good basic actions in that set including the new polymorph which is yes, mutation. mutation yeah unstable canister uh, yeah new anger issues uh, which is one enraged or similar <laughs> <laughs> enraged or similar are you are you by chance talking about haymaker yes yes which we which we also discussed at length when we were putting together your so bad it could be good team yes uh, <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, you, you, momentum's you, in there. Yeah, momentum is awesome. So yeah, you, you're building up your basic actions. 
certainly with the things like the superman and wonder woman where they are all inclusive i mean i bought two i think a lot of people are going to buy two so you can also see if you can tap up a mate or someone that uh, is already playing because i'm sure they'll have some spares that they can give you or or, or sell you for for not too much pennies yeah and i think that's a reasonable point you know for someone who's starting out so uh, when we talked about dice master's storage in our sixth episode um so uh, go back if you're not already listened to that i mentioned about my big red box where i, I dump all my, my spare dice and my spare cards and i'm always quite happy just to kind of drop the box on the counter <laughs> you know on the on the table at the flgs and let people root around and you know can i have these 20 cards uh yeah i tell you what you can have it if you buy me a booster <laughs> you know what i mean yeah kind of thing or i'll do your deal you can have all them but maybe one day i'll need an uncommon card and if you get it you can sling it my way well in fact i've given bundles away i just gave a few uh, uncommons away just the other night down the yes so uh yeah don't be afraid of getting yourself down to a store with a bit of a team together the early doors that you've put together from some starter sets as, we, as we've just described and, and asking around who's got some swaps or some trade uh, and i think also uh, so something you mentioned to me in the past andy if you if you take a look on ebay there's quite a few people who do very reasonably priced uh, full common sets or full on uncommon sets or even did you not say to me you saw a, <laughs> like an avx or something ridiculous going yeah, I mean, with the rotation coming in, you will see on eBay and the Facebook trading groups full sets of the, the older sets. So kind of things like AVX, UXM, the first D&D set. And, and they, they're not they're not expensive at all. I mean, I, I saw an AVX for under 100, I think, because people don't feel that they need them anymore because of rotation. But they're, they're blinding cards. I mean, AVX has got so many fun cards to play with. They're all cool Marvel characters, which is... Which so I think is is cool, yeah. uh, but um, but yeah, if you're looking to build up a collection of stuff to play on the kitchen table, play on casual events, then you can, can get a, a really good deals on some of the older sets. This takes me back to my point before of kind of you know getting involved with the local gaming group if that's if that's what you're looking to do uh, because somebody might be saying well if rotation if there's this rotation thing why would I go back and you know it's all good and well saying they're at a reasonable price but why would I do that uh, I know of many stores and many players who run uh, casual events that are what are on the golden setup which means all cards are legal bar, bar a short ban list uh, and they do. Uh, theme nights you know my, my own store i know i've mentioned it before we do single affiliation nights we do set versus set we do dc versus marvel we do we did weenie wars just the other week which was all about purchase costs below three we did battle of the titans purchase costs over five we've done all energy you know bring just one energy symbol uh, and we quite often make those golden to keep the card pool nice and wide so you can play around with some fun stuff that probably wouldn't get paid in a highly competitive environment so you might be saying you know why would you advise me to go on ebay to look for common uh, full common sets for rotated out sets well actually do you know what i think golden is a thing a lot of people are playing them uh, and also on the competitive scene uh, didn't they do golden and a modern at was it gen con recently yeah they did they did so that could be a thing to come there might be more golden events coming up you don't know what's happening on the round two of the wkos so so yeah i, I mean most importantly they are they are great fun to play so there are some cool cards with some some really cool abilities that you know they're just fun it's like if you're practicing or you know if you're looking to be more competitive but you're just looking to, comp- to practice with different things then you know drop in the a bit of money on a full set of Dice Masters cards isn't isn't a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. And I would particularly say that if you're looking at full sets of Avengers vs. X-Men, 
if you're looking at full sets of, I would argue, probably World's Finest, a uh, full set of Batman, you know, any, anything in, the, in those ballparks, they've got ha- great cards that are both highly competitive and great great casual cards. I would probably drop to the bottom of the list, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, I'd put that low down on the priority list. I'd, yeah. I'd probably put Uncanny X-Men low down on the priority list, although there is one or two cards in that set that admittedly you might want to try and blag up on the singles market. PXG, baby. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I, I think UXM has got a place. I think there's a lot of cool cards, but I don't think you've done them justice. They're um, some cool, fun cards. Toad is one that I really liked. I think they got overshadowed by other things, but they're still fun to play with. Uh, yeah, sure, but um, and I, 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 I entirely get what you're saying. I was just more talking about the, a new starter prioritising their purchase order. Um, <laughs> I would possibly put UXM down below and then just buy a buy a cheap, you know, uh, Professor X recruiting Young Mutants, which is the is that the uncommon one, which you probably get for pennies nowadays. Yeah. It's, it's, if there's anyone listening to this who wants one, tap me up. I think I've got two or three going. Dungeons and Dragons, <coughs> the uh, the first set. And the second set, they've got some cool different abilities and cards in them that are uh, good. Yeah, the basic actions in the Dungeons & Dragons set uh, would, would tempt me over to them as my kind of phase two purchases, definitely. Uh, and again, cost-effective using the starters because you can you know, you can pick them up for what you can get the pair for 30 quid. Probably less than that now. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, it's a really tough one to answer. Uh, you know, thanks for asking the question, Ted. But yeah, if I was starting out right now from from a cold start, I would start with Superman, Wonder Woman, World's Finest, both the starter sets. I'd then get the Spider-Man Maximum Carnage team pack. That'd set me up. But there's two or three kind of tinker around with teams that you can make out of that starting body there. Then into the Turtles for the basic actions, and then I'd probably move into. Ah, you'll be hooked by then. Yeah. You'll be hooked by then. You'll be spending money left, right, and centre on gravity feeds and <laughs> yeah. what else. And then it won't matter, yeah. But then second to that, just get down to your local playgroup, start a conversation, see what's going on. Most stores and gaming centres and gaming clubs will know who the Dice Masters guy is to go and talk to. And undoubtedly, there'll be an abundance of good quality commons and uncommons to get you started. And that, of course, is one of the, the, you know, the beautiful, attractive things about Dice Masters is that you can build really effective, decent, competitive or fun teams with very low-cost common and uncommon cards that you can pick up on the singles market or blag up from, from long-standing players. You know. uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if there is a particular card that you've seen, there are a few websites in the UK that you can pick up a single for a few quid. So, you know, if you don't want to take a punt on a load of boosters, then for, for a couple of quid, you can get a specific card if you're looking for it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and get yourself on the Facebook groups as well and ask around on there. We regularly see people coming along seeking trades or looking for cards that they're trying to get their hands on, and there's always somebody around willing to jump in and, and help out there. So uh, that's another portal call to get your collection started in a more cost-effective way, yeah. But, yeah, like you say, beyond that, once, you, once you've got the taste of it with a few starters <laughs> uh, and, you, and you're rolling them dice, is our considerable opinion of course that as andy says you'll be hooked by then but, but even then it's broadly inexpensive uh, you know a, fi- a fiver down my local game store gets you six boosters you know yeah yeah i mean it's, it's, it's not expensive at all you know if you consider a whole grab feed is about what you can get it for about 70 quid yeah yeah uh, and you know when you compare it to all the collectible card games 
Uh, and I know this has been talked about at length uh, yeah. with regards to Dice Masters in comparison to your Magic the Gatherings and your Destinies of the World. So it might just be a case of you get down, plunge your hand into a couple of them booster boxes that are on the shelf. You know, with a tenner, <laughs> you could pick up three of this, three of that, three of this, and just see what you get and see where you go. You know, and again, if you get a great card in there and you've only got one dice for it, uh, undoubtedly you'll be able to source two or three additional dice from another local player or from a cheap eBay deal or from a singles retailer on the secondary market. No problems at all. And you can always rummage in Chris's big red box. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All comers are welcome. Two hands, though, please. <laughs> Two hands will fit, will they? Uh, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's been rummaged around in a few times now. Cool. Right. On that point. And on that note, we'll wind up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you found that useful, Ted. If any of our listeners have got uh, other thoughts or comments they'd like to add to that discussion, then please feel free to go to the BritRoller6.com website, drop a comment in uh, in the comment section or contact us on Facebook. And if there's other new players looking for further advice, then please don't hesitate to give us a shout. That concludes yet another great episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. We'll be back again in two weeks' time, so make sure you get to your your favourite podcast app subscription service thing or keep an eye out on BritRoller6.com for notifications on there. I've been Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. Six, and with me today, my partner in crime... Andy, a.k.a. Bubbles, darling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm forever blowing bubbles. I hope you enjoyed the Agony Aunt segment, folks. Please do continue to send those in. You can go to the Contact Us link on the BritRoller6.com page to get those sent in, or track either me or Andy down on Facebook and send them to us directly through Facebook Messenger so that we can do more of those in the future. In the meantime, thank you so very much for spending time with us today. We'll see you in two weeks. Bitty. (laughs) Oh, sweetie, I'm recording. What? What's up, babes? You can't find Ava? Where's mummy? This is Andy on the phone now. Do you want to say hello to Andy? Yeah? Say hello to Andy. Watch my glass of water there. Hello. Hello, you are right. Yeah. Should you be in bed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Have you had a nice day? Yeah. What have you been up to? Have you been at school? No. No? Why it's not? A, it's on a holiday. Yeah. Half term. Half term. Half term. Cool. Did you go to, did you go and see um my little pony? Yeah. Was it awesome? Yeah. I thought so. Daddy said he thought it was amazing too. <laughs>